get thirsty. Hey, hey, I get thirsty hey, up here. This won't bother you here a lot. What? Oh, okay, yeah, no, no. So. <laughs> How's it going? You guys having a good night so far? Yeah? Good. Um, I like to start off in prayer, so um, please join me in that. Your God, thank you for um, giving us this awesome building uh, that we can meet in um, and learn more about you and, and hang out and uh, play great games and, and worship you. And, and uh, I just ask that you would uh, clear our minds tonight so that we can learn what you have for us to learn. Um, amen. So, if you have a Bible, grab it. If not, Alex is going to pass one to you because he stood up. So, he volunteered. Everyone's got him. Sweet. We're going to be in John chapter 13. Uh, not First John, but just, just John. Plain old John. And we're going to be in chapter 13 and we're starting at verse 1, so you don't have to worry about figuring out what verse we're at. Looks like everyone's mostly there. Um, So I'm going to go ahead and read from God's Word. Uh, It was just before the Passover festival. Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The evening meal was in progress, and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power, and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped the towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, You do not realize now what I am doing, but later you will understand. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, Unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Then Lord, Simon Peter replied, not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. Jesus answered, those who have had a bath need only to wash their feet. Their whole body is clean, and you are clean, though not every one of you. For he knew who was going to betray him, and that was why he said not everyone was clean. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I have done for you, he asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for it is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. Alright. So, a little bit of context, because washing feet is kind of weird. Um... In, in Jesus' day, uh, he lived in Israel, and Israel is hot and a dusty place. Um, and most of the roads at the time were not made of concrete and asphalt like we have now. They're mostly like kind of padded down dirt. Um, there were some stone roads built by the Romans, but for the most part, you walked on dirt that had been kind of stomped down. And people didn't wear closed-toed shoes like we do. They wore sandals. Um, and so if you've ever seen someone who's been like camping or walking around all day in sandals, 
and they take their sandal off and they have that nice little strip of clean foot surrounded by the rest of nasty seven layers of dirt foot. Um, that is what their feet would have looked like every single day, um, compounded with the fact that they probably didn't wash their feet every single day. So multiple days of this nasty, dirty foot uh, going on. Um, also, they didn't have cars back then. I don't know if you knew this. But um, if you wanted to haul stuff over a long distance, you packed it up on an animal, and that animal walked it. Uh, animals that could carry large loads are very large, and large animals have large poop. Um, if you've ever been like at the beach and seen horses running around, giving horseback rides, or been around horses or any large animal, uh, like when I see them at the beach, there's like these long strips of just brick-sized poop for like six feet, and I'm like, oh my gosh, and I walk like way around it because I don't want to get anywhere near that. Um, take that times like a lot of animals walking on a path that's not very wide, and they just poop, and they didn't exactly have like doggy bags or camel bags, so you know, no one's scooping the poop up every time and tying a nice little bow, and then dropping it in the garbage. They're just leaving it there for the next person, and it'd get either stepped on in sandals, where it goes nice little squishy on your foot, or um, it's getting kind of beaten down into the dirt, and then you're stepping on it, and then it's getting on your feet. So people's feet at this time are kind of like nasty, dirty, poopy feet, which is really gross. Um, and so washing feet is was a thing that happened fairly often, but it wouldn't happen by someone who was in uh, authority or held a high position. Um, if you've ever heard the term, crap rolls downhill, not up. Um, so in, in, any, in any business or social structure, there's kind of the head top person or group of people, and then the work that's like gross and disgusting that they want to do, they pass it down to kind of the next tier of people. And then the work that they don't want to do, they pass down to the next tier, and then so on and so on until you reach the bottom of the hill. And then they're stuck with the last work. Uh, the washing of feet in this culture would have been like the very bottom tier of society. You're not only a servant, but you're like the least of the servants if you're washing other people's poopy, gross feet. Um, and so Jesus, at this dinner, being the rabbi, would have been at the top position, and him washing people's feet was the taking the position at the very bottom. It would have been, it was so out of place that Peter, Jesus' best friend, was like, what are you, what are you doing? Like, are you trying to wash my feet right now? Just like, yeah, man, you're not going to get it, but you'll get it later. And Peter's just like, uh, no. Like, it's so out of place that he's just like, no, you will never wash my feet. Um, to put this in a little bit of context for us now, it'd be like if you were working at Microsoft and someone kind of announced over the speaker, like, hey, we need someone to come clean up the vomit down in the lobby. And you kind of, like when your teacher is trying to get your attention answered, you kind of, like, don't make eye contact and kind of shut her down in your desk and just hope that no one asks you to do it. And you see Bill Gates kind of flip his tie over his shoulder and grab the mop bucket and head out there. You're like, what are you doing? You design the computers. You run this company. Why in the world are you, you know, volunteering to clean up vomit in the lobby? Like, this is an absolutely ridiculous thing that is happening. And um, I just love it because, one, it's Jesus' last night with his disciples. This is the last time things will ever be, like, normal for Jesus in this group. And he decides to take time out of this very, very comfortable, festive night and to step out of his position and to step into the role of, like, the lowest of the servants to show his love for his disciples that he's with. Um, it's just really a screenshot of what he's been doing since day one. Uh, God loved us so much that he sent his son out of the comforts of heaven, big, glorious, shiny heaven where nothing goes wrong, and he comes down to earth to live a normal life like a person. 
Um, he got splinters. He got cuts, bruises. Um, he was uncomfortable. He was a carpenter, so he worked with a hammer and a nail a lot, I would assume. And I don't know about you guys, but when I work with a hammer and a nail, I'm like nail, nail, thumb, get real angry, calm down, like take a couple steps around the broom, come back, hammer, hammer, thumb, get real angry, take a couple steps. And so um, he, he left this comfort to be uncomfortable for us, to serve us. And that's what he's doing again in his last night. Um, I love this. So that kind of begs the question to ask, why in the world would God step out of comfort to serve us, me? That doesn't make sense to me. Um, And so when I started thinking about it, uh, I really came to a passage in particular, John 3.16, which does anybody in here know that from Awanas or something and want to say it? Say it a little louder. For God so loved the world Thank you, Blake. Um, so the answer is pretty simple. It comes from John 3.16. God loved us, so he sent his son out of comfort. You know, Jesus said, I love you guys so much, I'm willing to be uncomfortable for a long period of time to help you. Yeah. God serves us because he loves us, and he loves us because that's who he is. God is love. Uh, that's one of my favorite characteristics of God. Uh, when I look at another passage, um, Jesus is asked earlier in his ministry about what is the greatest commandment, um, and he replies, it's to love God, and then to paraphrase it, to also love your neighbor as yourself. You know, love God and love people. That's the most, thing, most important thing that you can do. And it begs the question, why love God? Um, and you could fill a thousand books with answers to that. But I kind of have two, I want to hone in on two kind of main points on why we love God. One is that he's so stinking amazing, like, that he just, like, it just deserves love. The worship songs we sang earlier, like, scratch the surface. Um, And the second reason is because we did and continue to do bad things. Um, We sin, and we owe a debt that we can't pay. And God just loved us so much that he kind of put on his, his like, love blinders. He gets tunnel vision, and he goes, you know, I know it's going to be uncomfortable for me, but I, I don't want to th- I'm not thinking about that. I just want to love you, and I want you to come and be with me so much. And so he steps out of his comfort, and he doesn't even think about it, and he just chooses to love us instead. Um, and that's why I love God and why you should too. Um, and what I see here and throughout Jesus' life is that when God loves us, he serves us. And so... When I love God and I love other people, then I should serve God and other people. And when I think about trying to serve God, it's kind of, it's a daunting task. Um, How in the world do I serve God? Big God. Big crazy God. God that can create atoms and snow and Niagara Falls and a mountain and the sun. Like Like what in the world can I provide or give to him? that he couldn't provide for himself at the snap of his fingers. Um, And uh, (laughs) when I was thinking about this, um, I love the Bible because it's just a a big old how-to manual on how to do life. And um, Jesus talks about this earlier. If you want to flip to Matthew chapter 25, um, it's going to be to your left. 
We're going to be at verse 34, and Jesus is telling uh, a parable a little earlier in his ministry. And a parable is a story that has a, a lesson and a, a point to it, so it's not just like a for fun story. Um, and so my Bible has it titled as The Sheep and the Goats. Um, we're going to jump down to verse 34. And I'll start now. Um, then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty, and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in, or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? The king will reply, Truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Um, so I see there that, that we have an opportunity to serve God when we see others that are in need. You know, He says that helping another is like helping him. And so I was, I was reading this and I was like, that's amazing. When, so you're telling me when I go to Taco Bell and I'm getting like a, like a just amazing quesadilla and there's like a homeless man on the road next to Taco Bell and I buy him a burrito, that's like buying a burrito for hungry homeless Jesus. What? You know, when my parents, um, if I'm at home and they, they have things that need to get done, chores, and I do that for them, that's like helping Jesus out with his day? Like, what? When I have friends who have, homework that they're struggling with. I've been there. Um, and, and I help them with that. I take time out of my day to help them with that. That's helping Jesus. Like, that's awesome. Um, you guys, there's so many areas in your life where there's room for service. Uh, I think a lot of times we, we put on our, our love blinders, our self-love blinders, where we say, oh, I'm, you know, I'm really tired today, and, and oh, you know, I have this test coming up, and so we just focus on our life and what, what's going on with us, and we just need to take down those blinders and stop and smell the roses and look around at the needs of other people. And when you see someone else, and you just put them first, and you love them and serve them, you're loving and serving God. Um, you guys, I would be wrong to not talk about the joy that comes from serving others. Um, when you love someone and you, you put their needs first and you help them, one, that in, a, in and of itself is a great thing. But two, when you help somebody else, you get this joy um, from helping another, especially someone that you love. And, uh, and it's just one of the best parts of serving, honestly. Um, I just love it. Uh, and if you want to look, we look at verse 17 back in John. It says, Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. I was like, hold up. So one, I get to help somebody who's in need. Two, that's like helping Jesus. Like, oh, awesome. I get to serve Jesus and this person at the same time. Like, three, I get joy from doing that. And then, last but not least, God is going to bless me afterwards. Like, sign me up. That's awesome. I love that. Um, you guys, service is a wonderful thing, but you're not going to find... Uh, enjoyment and happiness out of every second of service. <laughs> I will tell you that right now. Um, it's funny, I was at CORE this week, um, and we were talking about books that we like, and 
and Blake and I started talking about um, the screw tape letters and C.S. Lewis. And um, there's this one line that stuck out to me more than any other in that book, and it says, uh, C.S. Lewis is saying, the, the, one of the worst things you can do when you're serving someone else is to focus on what you're giving up. What you should be focusing on is how much you love this person and what you're getting to provide for them. Um, so an example of that would be like, here tonight, Tyler's here. Tyler's a busy guy. He works a full job. He has plenty of things to do. He just moved. He has a wife. He has a kid coming. He's got plenty of things to do. If he's sitting there in the chair thinking about all those things and what he could be getting done instead of being in here, he's missing out on the joy that God has for him in this service, this active service that he's committing. You guys, if instead he focuses on on getting to be a part of you guys learning more about God and, and getting to feel, feel his love, uh, he gets that, that joy aspect that comes from service. Um, If love is the root of service, um, where do we get filled up from? Where do we get more love from? Um, we get it from God. And this is an illustration I've seen before. But um, if, if God is this pitcher of water and I am this cup and the water is love, um, you know, God is filling me up with his love constantly. Um, this is a really poor representation. A more accurate one would be more like Niagara Falls. Um, you know, just for the sake of this set and all the musical equipment behind me, I'm not going to, you know, dump water everywhere just to put your mind at ease, Aaron. But, um, the, the, when God fills me up with love, it's like constant and instant. It's like, oh my gosh, it's so full. And so my cup can only hold so much, right? And so there are all these other people hanging out in my life and my cup's getting full. It's getting close to being full. Oh, oh, oh. And so, oh, I see that, uh, oh, I don't know, Alex is having a bad day today, so let's hang out and talk about it and just show some love on him. And then while I'm doing that, God's filling me up. And I see, oh, look, uh, the dishes haven't been done at home, so I'm going to go do that and just bless my mom. And, oh, look, God's filling me up again. Oh, and, oh, I see my brother um, is kind of struggling being sick right now, so I'm going to hang out with him and just see how he's doing and fill him up with some love. And, you guys, if your cup is looking a little empty, uh, the best thing I can do, the best thing I can suggest, is that you ask for more love from God. Um, if you're ever running short on love, that is one of the best things you can ask for. Uh, it's pretty easy, and uh, I'm going to do it right now. Um, dear God, uh, I just ask that, that you would help me love you more. Um, so often I run so dry and, and I focus on myself and my needs. I don't focus on the needs of others. And God, I just ask that you would um, that you would point me at others in my life. God, that you would just fill my heart with love, um, love for you and love for them. And that um, you'd help me to slow down in my day and, and to see those opportunities because they're everywhere. Uh, God, I ask most importantly that your will would be done through me. And, and here on earth. God, I ask these things, uh, not in my own name, but in the name of your Son, Jesus. Uh, amen.